What are some economic indicators saying about the possibilities and challenges for fundraising in 2022? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Una Osley. Una is the Associate Dean at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, where her leadership portfolio includes leading our research team, leading our international efforts, and also leading our Mays Family Institute on Diverse Philanthropy. Una also is a trained economist, and while she and I both acknowledge that the number one factor in fundraising are the values and motivations and passions of our donors, there also is this wealth effect of charitable giving that determines how much money somebody has and when they have it to determine the size and the timing of their gifts. And that's what we want to explore today, Una, as we think about some of those economic indicators coming out of 2021 into 2022. And one of the positive aspects was the S&P 500 finishing with a 27% gain for calendar year 2021. What might that mean for fundraising in this new year? Thank you, Bill, and thanks for having me on this morning. I'm delighted to be part of this discussion. Um, I should start by saying that 2021, the year we've just completed, has been in fact one that uh, we are still analyzing the data to see what all those trends look like. But it's important to note that the economic indicators coming out of 2021 are quite strong, especially when we look at the stock market. The growth of over 20% was not just concentrated in one area such as technology or healthcare, but really very broad based. And what we've seen over time is that charitable giving is very much linked with the stock market. Individuals give when they have the financial resources to give and when they have a sense of security, both financial and economic security. Uh, what we saw in 2021 was this very strong growth in the stock market achieving, you could say, uh, remarkably high, extraordinarily high uh, returns for those financial investors. Specifically, when we think about high net worth households, those households that have assets in the financial markets, 2021 was a very important year for them to make very significant commitments. And then when we look at the foundation sector, which has been a very important player during the pandemic, foundations tend to give out of their assets. And what we've seen over the past two years in particular, and even looking further back, is that the stock market has performed quite well, which means that many foundations have appreciated assets and are in a position to make significant contributions. So when we take all those together, I think the good news here for fundraisers is that this is a favorable environment. And despite the uncertainty that we still face about the pandemic, and we must acknowledge that, uh, there is uh, quite a bit of good news as well. Wow. And again, when the stock market is up tangibly, people have more wealth. Intangibly, they feel better about their wealth. And as Una indicated, foundations with their money invested in the stock market, 5% of a larger number is a larger number that foundations have to uh, provide in grants uh, in the following years. Una, th that's a, a big positive. One of the challenges involves inflation. Uh, as you know so well, the inflation rate, the highest it's been since the early 1980s, and as you've taught us previously, that could be a double whammy for nonprofit organizations uh, in terms of their fundraising and also what it means for managing their organizations. What cautions do you see with this high inflation rate? Yes, so economists have said the elephant in the room right now is inflation. When we look at surveys of 
professional economists, many of them are citing inflationary pressures. In 2021, we saw high inflation, which we have noted affects nonprofits in two ways. First, it affects them on uh, their labor market side in terms of hiring, but also their donations go, um, you could say, less, uh, they do not go as far mm -hmm. because uh, their purchasing power is diminished. So the cost of providing services for many nonprofits has increased during the same time at a time when they're also facing higher pressures in labor markets and other areas. So nonprofits, many of them did not plan for these high inflation numbers and are scrambling to adjust to what that means for their day-to-day -day work. And also on the uh, planning side, what should they be looking at as they look ahead? I think here we can note that uh, the projections for 2022 suggest that we will not necessarily see such high rates as um, supply chain issues start to be resolved around the pandemic. And I think many are hopeful that even if inflation continues to be high, we will not see uh, those really extraordinary numbers as we saw in 2021. But uh, it's still early in the year, so I think we should stay tuned on that front. And, and Una, Every, you know, human behavior is so complex and you can never point to just one thing and every donor is different with their motivations and their values and how they view these wealth effects of giving. But, you know, to, to kind of expand on one of your points there, you know, with the inflation rate, certainly personal income we see is up about 5%. But because of the inflation rate, real disposable personal income has 0% growth compared to a year ago. Not negative, but not positive. Is that something fundraisers should be concerned about or at least aware of as they think about some of their donors? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, noting that for some households, their wages have not kept up with inflation is worth noting. What we've also stressed is that we still are in a very uneven economic recovery. Although the stock market has done quite well and we're seeing low levels of, of unemployment that I think give us reason to be very hopeful about this upcoming year, we still note that while some Americans have seen their incomes rebound and opportunities expand during the pandemic, we also have have groups of workers and households that are being left behind in this recovery. So for fundraisers, I think be aware that for some households, they are in a position to give, but there are others that are still struggling. So one size doesn't fit all and providing opportunities for all households to participate, I think is even more important because we know that for some households, they've recovered, but for others, it may take some time for their incomes and wealth to rebound. And one of those wealth factors is our savings accounts. And before the pandemic, Americans on average were saving about 7% of their money, which is a healthy total. Good you know, safety net for them and the banks have more money to lend out. During the pandemic, that shot up to 34%. And by one estimate, an additional $2 trillion were put into savings uh, than would have been the case at the previous rate. But now we're back down to 7%. Uh, either that money has been spent uh, especially maybe by our lower income households. And also people aren't feeling the urgency to save anymore. If they feel that for them, quote unquote, the worst is over. When you hear those savings rate numbers, does that mean anything for fundraising? I think that we did see this accumulation taking place during 2020 in particular. Households were able to save because they had a disposable income and they had lower expenses. Many were not traveling. They didn't have vacation. They didn't have a lot of discretionary uh, expenditures. So that allowed them to increase their savings rate. With 2021, the reopening of the economy, we saw uh, some of those pressures subside. And going into 2022, we expect that uh, more reopening 
openings and more involvement in the formal economy, it may not be as feasible to accumulate the type of savings that we saw earlier in the pandemic. Having said that, I, I want to emphasize that uh, one size doesn't fit all in this right. economy. We still have some households that are cutting back on their vacations, on their discretionary spending because of health concerns, but that also frees up resources for charitable giving and in particular for uh, planning around giving. So it may be planned gifts, it may be gifts that may be made in the future, but this is a great time to talk to donors about the range of opportunities. And the good news is that there are many uh, new vehicles, new ways that uh, donors can support organizations and causes. So I encourage fundraisers to really think about how to talk to donors about those uh, a wealth of opportunities that exist right now, um, including planned gifts or even gifts uh, that are made on a monthly basis. And thank you for emphasizing that point. As we're talking about donors and the income and the wealth that they have, that by no means is meant to gloss over the real economic challenge that so many people were facing before the pandemic and challenges that have been exacerbated during the pandemic. You know, one, one other topic that I wanna ask you about before asking for kind of maybe a summary of advice that you would have for fundraisers, and that's some of these developments we're seeing with millennials. And you've been trying to help us understand millennials for many years now, and you know they're getting a little bit older now. And you know at first, you know, millennials, they, they weren't buying houses and they were moving to this city and that city and they were always renting and they weren't putting down roots. And then we saw that this huge crush of mortgages for new house purchases in 2021, nearly two thirds were from millennials. And owning a house can be correlated with charitable giving because now I've put local roots and I'm going to give locally. We also saw about one third of millennials writing a will. And maybe we should be talking to them about planned giving. What, as you look at these data, what comes to mind, especially in the context of fundraising? I am really uh, quite uh, encouraged by some of those indicators. And for a long time, as you know, we have been tracking giving trends by millennials. And we've noted that after the boomers, they are the largest cohort and actually have outstripped the boomers just in their share size and number. And so for many nonprofits, I think this is a great time to start, if they haven't already, to start to engage younger donors, uh, younger donors, especially millennials, as you've noted, are now uh, entering into more stable jobs, stable incomes, and are starting to uh, put down roots. Home ownership in particular is very closely linked with not just the incidents of charitable giving, but the amounts that people mm -hmm. give. And uh, in addition to the giving trends, we also see that when people become homeowners, they also tend to commit to other types of community level causes and interests. I should also note that uh, the legacy plan giving, uh, many organizations are starting to think about how can they expand their outreach to include younger donors. So I say, uh, in addition to the points you've mentioned, this is a great time to start tailoring your outreach opportunities, keeping in mind that donors are at different points in their life cycle, and that this time in particular, where some, especially younger donors, are starting to plan for their future, could be a great time to commit to a nonprofit or a cause that they care about. Una, you've given us so much detailed analysis in this podcast. I'm wondering, you know, how would you summarize your advice for fundraisers in 2022 based on you know, the large confluence of economic data that are available? 
Yes. Well, I just start by saying this is a time of a lot of uncertainty, but it's also a time of a lot of optimism. And there are many, many reasons to be hopeful. Now, let me just start by saying we all know during this time of a lot of change, there are some things that have stayed the same. Donors are committed to nonprofits and to the causes they care about. We've seen generosity really emerge as a core value for many Americans uh, persist during this uh, pandemic, global pandemic. So I think fundraisers should take that as a sign that they can be hopeful heading into 2022 and excited about the work that lies ahead. On the economic front, we know that households give when they feel economically and financially secure. The good news here is the stock market performed very well in 2022. So if you're starting to think about conversations with donors, you should be uh, confident in your approach, knowing that uh, many households are in a position to make commitments to nonprofits. I will also add there are reasons to both opportunities as well as risks and challenges ahead. One of those risk factors, the elephant in the room, as we've said, is the uncertainty that we face around the COVID pandemic. It's still unfolding. There are the new variants emerging. So certainly we should all be cautious as we look at 2022. And then there are questions about inflation and labor market and supply chain disruptions. The good news here once again is that many of us have already navigated some of these challenges. We know how to uh, plan for them and we know how to anticipate them and build them into our budgets. So I say uh, just in closing, I think this is really a great time to be involved in philanthropy because there are so many opportunities to have an impact and many donors are looking for those opportunities. Well, we have seen and heard once again why Dr. Una Osley is regarded as one of the top, most influential leaders in the philanthropic sector uh, as she provides her expert senior leadership at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. Uh, meanwhile, all the research that Una has talked about that her team conducts, that our academic faculty conducts is all available for free on our website at philanthropy.iui.com. Edu. Scroll across that top toolbar, look for the word research, and that will take you into all of this type of information. Now, a couple spots over on that top toolbar, look for professional development. That's where you find the fundraising school, our public courses, more and more in person all the time. Uh, we also have all of our offerings available online, sometimes live, sometimes recorded, whatever works best for you. We have our quarterly webinars, custom training where we will tailor make either in person or online training just for your nonprofit, your association, your region in the United States and anywhere across the world. And of course, these weekly podcasts. Again, the starting point is that website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. And then also for the fundraising school, check us out on our app. Very easy to navigate in whatever app store you utilize. Thanks again to our guest today, Dr. Una Osley. Our producer today is Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.